0: So last week, we started this great... Challenge, if you will, called the 10-Year Challenge. And um, I want to kind of explain where the idea came from because we need to kind of be able, my opinion is, we need to be more intelligent about where we're going in life. Rather than just always living in the moment and not really having a plan, my thought was we got to get on paths that take us where we want to go. And the idea of a 10-Year Challenge came from this thing that was out on Facebook uh, late last year, you know, where you can make yourself look, you know, you go back 10 years to see how, so this is a picture of of um, Devin and James right here. This is, so they did that little app that shows how old they're gonna be in 10 years. Check this out, look at this. I think that's a little more than 10 years, I think. Go back, go back, show it again. No, do it again. <laughs> So uh, next week we'll have a couple more people that we'll throw up here and just show you the difference between, between now and 10 years from now. And, uh, and we, we, got, we got a picture of uh, Randall and James, our whole, our whole family from uh, a while ago. And they're just so cute. They're just, okay, that was weird. Um, We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll show those next week and uh, do a couple more of those, those challenges there. But the idea is that wherever you are in life, you're going somewhere. You're on a path somewhere. And every path has, has a predictable destination, we learn. That, that, that everywhere you're going is predictable because you're on a path going that way. You can see that in other people's lives. And then we learned last week the principle of the path. I had read a book by that title by Andy Stanley that I encourage you to read. But the principle, the principle of the path is this, that direction, not intention, determines your destination. So direction determines your destination relationally, financially, spiritually, morally, professionally, and marriageally. Yeah, I can make up words. You're not the boss of me. But but the direction that we're going is is what actually determines our destination, not our good intentions. And so we can get on a path that will take us into a good marriage or into a good job or into better health or better relationships if we just get into a different path of life. Because we like to lean on our good intentions rather than the path That we are on. But that's why procrastination feels so good. Because procrastination allows you to feel like you have good intentions about something. And you'll start that on Monday. Or we'll take care of... Because it's that intention that gives you that little boost of positivity that we're going to do something about this. But you don't have to do it right now, which feels even better. Right? Like we're going to start that diet on Monday... So let's go out and enjoy this weekend (laughs) because we're going to start the diet on Monday. And so you feel good because you're going to start the diet. Why do Mondays always have to be the day? Because we like to procrastinate. So we have good intentions. We want to be able to do something about our life. But intentions don't get the job done. We like to believe that as long as our heart is in it, I meant well that everything ought to turn out beautifully. If we have great intentions, then everything's gonna turn out the way that we hope that they would. But the truth of the matter is, we learned this last week, that the future will resemble, the future you will resemble the present you unless you change paths. Or to say it in a different way, you need a different path if you want a different you. And so I encouraged you to consider that. To think about thinking about that this week. Like where, where is the path taking you that you're on right now? Where do you want that path? Where do you, what path do you want to be on? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And what needs to change? Because you're on a path now. And you are on the path that you are on. And it might be going where you say you want to go. But maybe in some areas it isn't, maybe in some areas it is, and others not so much. And what we're going to learn this morning a little bit is that, is that where we give our attention has a lot to say into where we end up going. Because sometimes we drift, don't we? And we generally don't drift in good directions, Isn't that the truth? Like we don't normally intend to have a bad outcome. But if we get distracted on the path, it usually takes us somewhere other than our desired destination. Oh, look. And so we get distracted. And we've just changed direction and direction changes your destination, right? So so we get distracted on the path. Have you noticed that when you're driving and you look away from what's in front of you and you get caught up looking at the cow in the field or the person passing you or whatever and all of a sudden you start to kind of drift that way over. I mean that's that's you go in the direction that you are looking and so we tend to drift and when we drift on the path, it's generally not in a good Direction. We drift towards whatever we are paying attention to. And so here's like a little addendum to the principle of the path. That is, that whatever gets your attention determines your direction, which determines your destination. Right? So if you're going to put that into a formula, attention equals direction, which equals destination. So whatever you are putting your attention on, whatever you are letting your eyes see, whatever you are spending time doing, whatever you, whoever you are with, wherever your attention is directed will determine your destination. And so I'm asking you not just to be intentional about what path that you're on, but what you're paying attention to, what you allow to affect your heart. We're going to read a verse at the very end of the sermon in Proverbs 4. My encouragement to you is to read that entire proverb. There are probably about a dozen different ways that it uses the path analogy. And it's all about where your attention is and pondering and thinking about this and being careful about the path that you are on. Attention equals direction, which equals destination. So so wherever you find yourself you're like Eric I gave me a lot to think about last week and I think I've got some good ideas for where I want to be. I've I've uh, I've pulled up my bank account and we're going to start making some changes or or I got on the scale or you know I had a I had a hard look at, at my relationship with my spouse or or my children and, and I think that okay I know that I haven't been on the career path that I need to be so I'm going to I'm going to buckle down I'm going to become that person that my boss wanted me to become and I'm going to I you so you have this idea of, okay, in this area of my life, this is the path that I would like to be able to get on. So whatever f- path you find yourself, the question is, where do you want to be? Based on where you want to go, what path do you need to be on now? How do you get there from here? So, so here's a thought. Geographically speaking, you can't get to where you want to be unless you know where you are to begin with. So, so I told you last week about uh, uh, Randall and I going on this hike, and when we parked the car, we got out, and the first thing we did was went to go look at one of those big signs that they make up, and it shows you all the different paths that you can take. And then there's this little star on there, and what does it say? You are here. Why is that so important? Because you don't know how to get there. Unless you know where here is, you have to have a reference point. And so what we'd like to talk about a little bit today, that's generous, I'm assuming you want to talk about it. What I'd like to talk about today, and you get to listen, is how important it is not just to determine where you want to go in life or where, where you feel God is calling you or who God is calling you to be, but all right, let's, let's be honest with ourselves, let's determine where we are right now because we have to know where we are to begin with if we want to get to where we want to be because you have to have that as a frame of reference. It takes honesty. So I told you last week about my directionally challenged bride. And and we had not been here very long and she went to go see a friend up on Apple Mountain. So we live... We live near Boyce off of Howellsville Road, and, and so there's a back way, or you can go all the way around and go by exit 13, go up out, or you can just come down the back way, right? So she comes down the back way, and I get a phone call. I said, Eric, I don't know how to get home. I don't know where I am. I don't know. I said, so what am I going to ask her? So what I this is before apps and all that kind of stuff. So so I open my computer, open up MapQuest or something and I'm like, "Okay, tell me where you are. I don't know where I am." Like if I knew where I was, I would not be calling you. Good point, okay. So what do you see around you? <laughs> all right? So like it's literally she's driving and I'm like, do you see any road signs? Do you see it? Yes, I see the name of this road. Okay, but now I gotta figure out which way she's going on that road. Okay, all right, so drive a little further, see if you see another sign. That way I can see what, okay. All right, you need to come down. You need to turn around. All right, all right, now uh, now, you're, now you're back. Okay, now you're at bottom of the hill. Now, okay, now take a right on that. Okay, now you're gonna be on that. So that's how she got home. I would like to think that was an isolated event. But, but God invented this wonderful app called Life 360. Now I can just go on there and say, okay, I see where you are. All right, you're coming up to a stop sign. You see that? All right, you see the name of that road? Okay, you turn right. Okay. Just this week, she's going to Martinsburg. This is, this is, this is, you can't make this up. She's like, she's like okay, do I want to go 81 north or 81 south? I'm not making this up. Like, yes, you need to go 81 north. She goes, okay, I got it figured out. I'm there now. She has an app that tells her how to go anywhere she wants to go. But that's how we are. We have these great intentions, right? But we have, okay, so like when you're driving down 66 heading to 81, you've got a decision to make at some point, right? What does it say? You get in the right-hand lane to go to Winchester, 81 north. Go to the left-hand lane to go to Harrisburg, right? 81 south. You can want to go to Winchester all you want, but if you're on the path that's going to take you south, you ain't getting there. I don't care how much you want to go to Winchester. That's good intention, but you got to be on the right path because it's your direction that determines your destination. And we all say we want to have better marriages. We all say we want to be financially secure. We all say we want to be right with God and serve Him in His kingdom. And we want that in our life, and we have great intentions. But are we on that path To make that happen, it's like we just keep on going. Here we go now, 81 South. And you'll even tell people, I'm going to Winchester. No, you're not. You're not on that path. You may want to be, but you're not. But you need a frame of reference. You have to know where you are to begin with. But not everybody handles lostness the same way. Have you noticed that? So I have three attitudes of awareness when it comes to lostness. Because three attitudes of lostness didn't sound good. But we have three attitudes of awareness. So you have, you have the per, this person is, is, the, is, the, is the kind person. Like, like wait, am I lost? Right? Wait, am I lost? So it's, it's, that, it's that individual that they're driving and all of a sudden they get that sick feeling in their stomach. I don't know where this is, and I'm there, right? I don't, um, this is not familiar. Something doesn't seem right. I'm on a path, but I may not be on the right path because this doesn't look right at all. This doesn't feel right. So what are some indicators, That might give you a clue that you're not on the right path. Have you weighed yourself lately? Are the collectors calling? Is there unresolved conflict in your life? If that person walks in the room, you just soon not talk to them. That's an indicator. Something's not right, you're not on the right path. Have you said something recently that even shocked yourself? Where did that, I'm, oh man, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I said that. Have you had a moral failure? Have you made a mistake that embarrassed you? Those are indicators like maybe I'm not on the path I thought I was on. Maybe I am, I need to be honest with myself because I'm really lost. Like I'm really I gotta figure out where I am because I'm not where I thought I was. I'm not going in the direction that I wanted to go because I, I'm, this is not familiar. This doesn't feel like where I want to be going. Understanding where you are is where you have to start. And until you get to a place where you're like, I think I'm lost, until you get to a place that you can admit that, it's gonna be hard to really get the help that you need. It's almost impossible to hear the voice of wisdom if you're not even listening for it to begin with. So you got the person that says, "Wait, am, am I lost?" And then you have the person that just like, "Okay, yeah, I'm lost. I am lost. Okay, I need help. I am lost. I know this is not the right path. I'm on a path. I'm on a path, but this is not the path that takes me to where I want to go in life." And actually, this individual is the easiest one to help because they're looking for help. They're looking to get on the right path. They're making a phone call saying, how do I get home? They are looking for the way. And that's a great place to be. So, so like, if you're that person that you're like, okay, yeah, I need, I need help here, Eric. I need the whew. Yeah, I am a mess in this area of my life. You may have other things really rocking and rolling, but in that area of your life or those areas, you're just not there, all right? You're not as hard to help as you might think because you recognize the fact that you are lost. And once you've admitted that you're not where you wanted to be, now we can stop pretending that everything is okay in your life. And that you're not perfect, and that you're like the rest of us, that you need help getting to where you want to go in life. Now we can make the necessary changes to redirect ourselves. And then you got this fella, we all know who he is, don't tell me I'm lost. I'm not lost. We're taking the scenic route, right? Right? Listen, we all have blind spots. None of us have arrived yet. We all have areas of our life that God is trying to bring attention to, but this guy's a piece of work. This person won't even consider the fact that they need to change direction. They're so convinced that, that they know where they're going, they won't even stop to ask for directions or consult the app or make a phone call. Or maybe it's the fact that they're too embarrassed to admit that they don't know where they are. And so they're going to just pretend that they're self assured, but they're actually in their pit of their stomach know that they don't know where they are either. So maybe it's not as much as that person not realizing that they're lost, but not being willing to admit that they are. So let me ask you this when was the last time you apologized to somebody? When was the last time you admitted you were wrong? Or have you never been? Just think about when was the last time you said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. If that's like really, like, did you just go, like that's so hard for you to think of, apologizing, then we have a problem. That's hard to correct if you're not even willing to say you were wrong. If it's been a while since you admitted you were wrong or that you weren't as all that as you thought you were, then you may be more lost than you realize. I mean, what do other people in your life have to say (laughs) about the direction that you're on? Are they looking at you funny? Are they afraid? Are they afraid to say anything? About where you're going in life, or the decision that you made, or how you're spending money? The people who are close to you, do they have a voice in your life? Do they feel like they can talk to you about this area of your life? Or are you this guy right here? Don't tell me what I need to fix. Don't tell me I'm on the wrong path. That's just pride. Let me just say this. If you're always right, something's wrong. I hope half of you remember that. And I hope it's the half that never like to admit they're wrong. If you're always right, something's wrong. Because you're not that good. I'm thinking that you might be thinking too highly of yourself if you're never wrong if you're not even willing to admit the likelihood that you are not all that you thought you were. I love this passage. So I was gonna take you to Romans chapter 12, verse three, and we'll get to that in just a second. But I wanna read Romans chapter 12, verses one and two before we get there. Because it's one of my favorite passages of scripture. Paul is the author. He's writing to the church in Rome and he has this incredibly beautiful way of letting us know how we need to give ourselves to the Lord. And he says this in verse 1 of chapter 12 and verse 2. He says, I beseech you. That means I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I love that. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed. That word transformed is is the same word that we get the word metamorphosis like a butterfly like like you know like a metamorphosis so i want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind i want you to change the way you think about life i want you to change everything you have to have a complete metamorphosis in how you look at life so so i want you to present yourselves to god you are his children He is your father. I want you to present yourself to God. Present your bodies to him. You can do whatever you want to with my life, God. And then he says this, that's your reasonable service. That's reasonable for the fact that he gave his son for you. Not only is it reasonable, it just makes sense. I mean, he's God. He knows what's best. So let's give ourselves to him. And yield ourselves to his will so that, so that he is glorified in the life that we live. Don't get a stiff neck and be all stubborn about it. It's reasonable for us to offer ourselves to God. And he said, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By renewing your mind, changing the way that you think about everything in life so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But then look, look at where he continues. This is where I wanted to go with this. In verse three, he says, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, check out what he says to these people. He just said that they need to give themselves to God. He said not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So he knows that's our temptation. He knows it's our temptation to think more of ourselves than we ought to think. And then he says this, but to think soberly. He said, you need to think clearly about your life as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So if it's possible for us to not think of ourselves correctly, to think more highly, and and God actually put it in scripture for us to see, then my challenge to all of us is to be willing to say, This area of my life is a mess. I'm not on the right path. I just need to admit the fact that I need help here. And once you find out that you're there, once once we know where that is, now we can get to where we need to go. In the book of Revelation, the angel of the church, right, is, is, is being addressed. And there are seven churches being addressed. One of them was a church named Laodicea. It was in a city, it was a very affluent city. And there is a phrase in this passage I want to bring to your attention. In Revelation chapter three, we're gonna read a few verses here. And, And Jesus is addressing issues in this particular church. And I want you to see how unaware they were. They weren't willing to admit that they were not all they thought they were. Verses 14 through 17 says this, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things says the amen. When you see them capitalized, that means it's God, right? These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And here's the, here's the message he's, he's, he's telling this church. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish... You were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He said, "I'd I'd rather you be one or the other. Like I'd rather you be all on fire for me or not at all. I just hate this whole. I may be in, maybe not." He said, "I hate all of that." But then he says, "This. This is this is where we're going. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing." I'm all that. I'm thinking more highly of myself than I ought to think. But then here's the clarity that Jesus gives them about their condition. He says, and you don't even know. You do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Wait a minute. Have you seen the kind of car I'm driving? Do you see the house I'm living in? I got clothes on. Have you seen the clothes that I'm wearing? I'm not any of those things. He's like, listen, you think that you are rich and you think that you are wealthy and that you have no need of anything. But Jesus said, I want to be very clear with you that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That is harsh. That's really harsh. He's saying, you are so far off. You're not even close to who you think you are. I'm just saying, you've got to be able to be honest with yourself and say, here's where I am in life. I'm not on the path that everybody thinks that I'm on. I need help in this area of my life. You might be financially secure and be a mess. You might be physically fit, but be a mess relationally. We all have things in our life that are out of balance And we have a persona that we like everyone to believe about us. But at some point in your life and with somebody in your life, you've got to be honest and say, This is where I really am. This is where I am. I am a mess. I am lost. I have no idea where to go to get to where I don't even know where to begin. Because I'm looking around me and I don't have any frame of reference. You have to know where you are and be honest with yourself before you can get to where you need to be. But as long as you are faking it, you're not gonna get to where you wanna be. And are you satisfied with just being a fake? Are you satisfied with just what everybody else thinks about you? When you go to bed at night and you know that about yourself, man, you need somebody that you can be honest with yourself about. We've all got areas of our life that need improvement. We all have areas of our life that have gotten off track. Do you even know what those areas are? Are you even willing to ask the question? Can you be honest about where you are in life? But here's what I so love about Jesus. Like after this scathing rebuke. And by the way, he was not giving them a hard time about their wealth He was giving them a hard time about their spiritual independence. We have need of nothing. I'm all for you being wealthy. I'm all for you being blessed of God and and, and the gifts that you have to be successful. I'm 100% your fan. But I'm not in favor of you becoming completely independent of who God is. But we live like that. We live like we're Christian atheists. Like we are here this morning but you would never know it tomorrow like everything about our life has has no resemblance to what Jesus is trying to do in and through us but here's what I love about Jesus you read a few more verses down and listen to his heart he says this in verses 19 and 20 as many as I love I rebuke and chasten whoo you spank your own kids, not the neighbor's kids, right? At least that's what I recommend. I recommend you spank your kids too. But I don't recommend you spank your neighbor's kids. That's usually a good, yeah, don't do that. And Jesus is saying, I rebuke and chasten the ones I love. So was that harsh to you to hear? Yeah, that, that hurt me. That hurt me, Jesus. That, that hurt my feelings. All right, I rebuke the people that I love. I, I chasten the people that I love. He says this, therefore be zealous and repent. Check it out. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's telling this to the people that he just rebuked. He's like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm knocking. I want to be a part of your life. Do you, isn't this beautiful? Like, like, I want you to be zealous and repent. Turn around. Change your mind about your life. I'm knocking on the door. Do you know that this was written to Christians, right? He's like, I'm knocking on your door, believer. And if you'll answer, he said, if anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I want to be in this with you is what he's saying. You're poor and wretched and naked and miserable and don't even know it. I am knocking on the door. I am being the one friend in your life that you need who is honest with you about who you are. Hear my voice, answer the door, and I will come in and I'll sit down and have a meal with you. Let's get this thing figured out. I love Jesus. I love that about him. So you're screwed up in life. You got issues. We all got stuff. Be honest about it. Be honest with him. Understand where you are. He's knocking. Let me come into this mess. Don't worry about your house. Let's just sit down and eat. We'll take care of all of this. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's the Jesus who loves us. He's saying, I want you to passionately change your mind about your situation. There's too much at stake here. We can keep barging through life pretending like we're all that or we can just stop and be honest and say, I need help. Because understanding where you are is where you have to start. Understanding where you are is where you have to start. I went longer than I wanted to. Let me give you three three things and we'll shut things down. So now what? Now what do we do? Let me just ask you to do this. Take responsibility, take responsibility for your where. I know that's not good English. But you know what I'm talking about. Take responsibility for where you are. Own this. This is where I am in life. You can blame it on how you were raised. You can blame it on that person that, that forsook you. You can blame it on anything that you want to. Or you can just own it and say, all right, this is where I am. I'm going to take responsibility for my Where I am on the wrong path. And then number two, ask for help. Ask for help, get directions. (laughs) I don't know where I am. I need a little bit of help here. And then number three, just change what you can. Change what you can. You can't change them, you can only change you. You can't change your situation all the time, but you can change you. And here's the problem. When we always look to who else we can blame, we're not doing anything that we can about us. And you feel better when you can shift the blame. over. They may be 90% wrong. Hey, let's, see. let's be generous. They may be 95% wrong. But what good does that do you to increase that percentage when there's still 5% that you can do to change you? You can't do anything to change the other person. But there's a lot that you and God can do to change you. Proverbs chapter four, verse 26 says this, ponder the path of your feet. Isn't that beautiful? And let your ways be established. I would encourage you to read that whole proverb because it talks all about walking this path. Ponder the path, carefully consider the path of your feet and let your ways be established. We all have good intentions in life. The difference is the direction that we actually are on because that takes us to where we want to be. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us, for your goodness to us, for being that that incredible Savior that stands at the door and knocks and is waiting to be invited in. I pray, Father, you you would help us to hear that and that we would be encouraged to go to the door and turn the knob and let you into our mess.